0: If you are someone that suffers with migraine with an aura, you really want to avoid the oral contraceptive pill that is the combined oral contraceptive. So it has estrogen and progesterone in it.
1: Podcast for women who hate working out but know they should. I'm Gab, I'm an audio producer and journalist. And I'm Sarah, I'm a GP and I work in women's health. And we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we're on today and pay our respects to their elders, past and present. So, have you ever had a migraine? You know, that splitting,
0: blinding, burning brain kind of pain. Well, there's some really solid research which suggests that exercise could be one effective tool to reduce migraines.
1: Ooh, you know, um, when we were kind of prepping this episode, I wanted to say something like really, um, um, it, it, journalistically inappropriate, like something like, <laughs> oh, "What is the connection between migraines and exercise?" So it would make you think that we were going to be like, "Oh, exercise causes migraines," and then we'd be like, "Psych, it doesn't." Um, but then I realized that that's inappropriate, and so I didn't. So <laughs> well done. Exercise well done, could but... be one effective tool to reduce migraines. Is this what is this what many months of disrupted sleep does? <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, no. I've
0: got the giggles now. Yes, yes, I do believe it is.
1: <laughs> no no journalistic integrity anymore. It's gone. It's gone. Um, uh, well, you and I uh, both have migraines. In doing some research, I found a, a website called Headaches Australia or something like that, and they claim that 4.9 million Australians uh, suffer from migraines. And I thought, well, good for us that we so happen we're in good, to be. we're in good company. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We happen to be in the one fifth of Australians who suffer from migraines. But I don't know about you, I vividly remember my very first migraine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was about maybe 13 or 14 years old, which as we're going to get into it, possibly um, coincided with maybe some hormonal shifts that were happening at that time for me. But I was walking through a shopping centre and I walked past one of those discount stores and they had one of those yellow flashy lights, you know, the types that you see on top of like the the, car, the utes that need to stop traffic and stuff like oh, that. yeah. yeah. It's one of those. Yep. Yellow flashy light sitting on top of one of their displays, obviously, to draw your attention to whatever they were flogging. And it triggered an aura in my eye. Um, and I had no idea what was going on. And for me when I get migraines, the aura is the um, the white squiggly lines. there's probably half a dozen or so lines in one eye um, making it obviously very difficult to see. And, and like what shook, shook me about it was that um, even though my head was uh, you know it was like felt like it was gonna split open, um, it felt like a full body experience like I was yes. sort of like, you know, shaking and like, you know, my whole body was writhing because I was just like, what is going on? And I remember just being so distressed because, yeah, I didn't know what was happening to me because it was obviously the first time it had happened. No more discount stores for you. (laughs) You'd still work there. That's the thing. I mean, this was was before I worked there. (laughs) It triggered my first migraine. And then I went and applied for my first casual job. (laughs)
0: Idiot. Oh, (laughs) dear. I mean, I vividly remember my first migraine as well. I was a bit older than yourself. I would have been – I was at med school, so I would have been in my early to mid-20s. And, uh, yeah, I was at at the uni library sitting at a computer station and then I started to notice these strange zigzag lines in my peripheral vision.
1: Peripheral?
0: They they ultimately sort of turned into really – a focal loss of vision and quite a large blind spot and uh so I thought well that's a good time to stop studying I think yes, I, so strange <laughs> I, I don't know well, I don't I've never had one before I don't know exactly what's going on I probably just you know too much time in front of the screen let's let's move on so I started to uh make my make my way home I lived a really short distance from campus so I was just going to wander home but that was kind of when it got scary um As I walked across that oval at UQ, I became intensely nauseated, I vomited, and then I became quite disoriented, and I actually couldn't work out how to get home. And uh, my mum rang, or I rang my mum, I can't remember, but uh, I then realised that I had quite significant word-finding problems, and all I could say on the phone to mum was, help, Home. Wow, And uh, and I think that she called my housemate yeah, and uh, who eventually found me. Thank you, Kath. Um, quite disoriented, sitting under a tree in that same field. Uh, and she guided me home. And when I got there, I didn't even have the coordination to get my house key in the lock.
1: I was probably pretty panicked at yeah. this stage as well. What is it? Yeah, like you'd be feeling like I'm I'm having a stroke. I'm, I thought I'm I was dying. having a stroke. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I legit thought I was having a stroke. And then shortly thereafter came the awful unilateral so one-sided headache and uh yeah i've been having them ever since huzzah
1: lucky you so have i (laughs) indeed (laughs) i mean two things about that i wanted to do a trashy headline which says dr kavanagh says uq med school causes migraines it doesn't (laughs) Uh, and the second one is i'm pretty sure that's not the first time uh students will have vomited on that particular oval true True that, true that. <laughs> I, I know the one that you're talking about. Oh. I do. Near the dust bowl oh, so Near the dust bowl. Uh, so I guess uh, you know what before you get to um, the link between exercise and, and migraines, which um, for most people will be a positive one, uh, Sarah, what is a migraine and how is it different from, say a headache?
0: Well, firstly, if you want to get into an argument with anyone, find yourself a migraine sufferer and tell them it's just a headache. That's that's tip number <laughs> it's one. Just a
1: headache. Take some Panadol. You'll be you'll fine. be fine.
0: <laughs> so, migraine is a genetically influenced, really complex neurological disorder characterized by episodes of moderate to severe headache, most often unilateral or one sided, and generally associated with nausea and increased sensitivity to things like light and sound. Mm. And when I say complex in terms of its genetic makeup, they've now established over 130 different regions in our DNA which have been implicated in causing migraine. What? And that's not 130 for all of us. What causes your migraines may well be very different right. to what causes mine. Okay.
1: But 130 common.
0: options. Yeah. <laughs> so, <Okay>. far. <laughs> so far. So um, far. as as you pointed out, migraine is really common, affecting about 12% of the population. Uh, attacking up to 17% of women and about 6% of men. So giddy up, more women than men. Good, good. That's what we need, more things. And uh, what I find really interesting is that everybody with migraine has their own experience. So Mm. yours and mine and anyone else's migraine may present quite differently, although they may have some similar features. And there are so many different types of migraine and a number
1: of them don't even have headache as a yes. significant symptom. Yes. So you know, some of them that I've had, um, it's like my whole body is in pain, but but I can't. But it's almost like there's no pain. I don't know. Mm. It's it's a weird yeah. sort of thing. But I know that there's something hideously wrong.
0: Same same for me. Yeah. I, like I would say that that the headache is probably the least troubling component yes. of my of my particular migraines. Yep. Um, and. So ultimately, you know, that question of, you know, how is it different to just a headache is that headache can be one component of migraine, but it would be very, very rare for a migraine to only present
1: with headache. Right. Yeah. Whereas a headache is a headache. Headache is a headache. Sure. Different types of headaches, but it's a headache. Oh. Um, so I guess then this brings us to what types of migraines there are.
0: So there are there are so many different sub-variants of migraine. I think we'll just focus on uh, an important few today. So, uh, migraine without aura is also known as the common or typical migraine, and, uh, and it's characterized by attacks including bad headaches, the nausea, the sensitivity to light, smell, and sound, but without the often more debilitating neurological symptoms that we know as aura. Mm. And uh, it's interesting because the diagnosis of migraine is determined predominantly on clinical history with the reported symptoms and by obviously ruling out any other sinister or nasty causes. And about 70% of people diagnosed with migraine will have a migraine without an aura. So, oh. Lucky for those 70% who aren't you yeah. and I. <laughs> so you, you and I are already, already in the top 30%. Special 30%. <laughs> You so know, we do things. We go, yeah. we go hard. <laughs> we go all in. <laughs> so your migraine with aura, mm. which is also known as a classic migraine, oh good, uh, has all of the symptoms of common migraine, but with the additional phase before the headache, where many of these strange symptoms are experienced. Aura symptoms are usually due to one of the sensors not working quite right. So, you might feel some pins and needles. You might see colours or flashing lights. You may experience strange tastes or strange smells. And the definition of the aura ultimately is a recurrent attack that features temporary visual, sensory, and or speech language symptoms. So I have got a nice big list of what an aura can include because it's, as I said before, your aura and my aura, your migraine and my migraine can be very different things. Mm. So these aura symptoms can include blurry vision, light sensitivity, vision loss, seeing zigzags or squiggly lines, Yes, <laughs> numbness, tingling, weakness, confusion, difficulty speaking and word-finding difficulties, mm-hmm. dizziness diarrhea, vomiting, and abdominal pain. Both ends. Great. Wonderful. Good, fun stuff. (laughs) But don't forget that that's classically followed by a headache. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's just just the lead up. (laughs) Oh, goodness. I think another really important subtype of migraine for our is the menstrual migraine and uh, typically menstrual migraines are associated with falling levels of estrogen so it's most likely to occur in the two days leading up to a period as well as the first three days of your period now these can happen with or without an aura this is where contraceptive options become really important because as we said if we're experiencing falling levels of estrogen for some women, a low-dose or estrogen-free birth control option that uh, that stops periods altogether. So we're talking about things like the Mirena. So that's a zero-estrogen, long-acting, reversible contraceptive device. That can be a good option because we don't tend to tend to get those highs and lows so much. Mm. But what's really important is that if you are someone that suffers with migraine with an aura, you really want to avoid the oral contraceptive pill that is the combined oral contraceptive. So it has estrogen and progesterone in it. So please, please, if you are on the combined oral contraceptive pill, so pretty much your standard contraceptive pill, and you suffer even one migraine with an aura, please speak to your GP, speak to your neurologist, speak to your gynecologist, as theoretically your risk of stroke is higher and uh, and it can that the contraceptive pill, the combined oral contraceptive pill, can significantly increase the risk of stroke. And for some women, the combined pill can also make their migraines worse. So even if they don't suffer with migraine with aura, the combined oral contraceptive pill, particularly if you're using it with uh, taking your, your placebo pills in between. Sugar pills, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, because you're going to get a sudden drop in estrogen levels and that may, in fact, trigger a
1: migraine. You know what? So I mentioned before my first migraine was about 13 or 14. I was in my late early 30s, so not quite my mid-30s, but close enough to it. It was the first time a doctor asked me that question, have you ever had migraine with aura? And I said, oh, yeah, and she was like, (laughs) you should not be on this is the combined pill. Now, I, I have been, you know, had been on and off at the oral contraceptive pill, you know, for most of my adult life. I wouldn't say that I, you know, was religious, you know, and had it sort of all the time. Oh. There were periods of coming on and off it. But... I've I've been to many doctors, a lot of them male. I've, you know, talked about my, you know, period pain over the years. Oh, don't talk to us about your lady stuff. <laughs> I've, I've met I've been to doctors for migraine, all these things. Oh, this this that's... one GP was the first a female GP, really excellent GP, and she was the first one to say, "Um, have you ever had migraine with aura?" And I said yes, and then obviously oh. it it then, you know, put me down a completely different path of health yep. and, um, a, you know, treatment plan, which ended up at, you know, Marina, um, which was so much better for me. But isn't that amazing? It was yeah, like I mean, 20 years.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm horrified. <laughs> it's also one of the reasons that when we were doing this episode, I was like, if at the very least, yes. there is one of our listeners out there who suffers with migraine with aura and they are on the combined oral contraceptive pill and that Makes them go and have a conversation yes. with their GP, then we win. Job done. Um, job done. Job done. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that very day, I was, I obviously wound up at the doctor's later that day when I had my very first migraine and I was on the contraceptive pill and, uh,
1: and I was subsequently stopped and got my first implant on. Yay. Uh, so, I mean, that's really interesting, um, talking about the, sp- the specifics of the menstrual migraine because obviously that's something that, um, you know, that's very, targeted at women Mm. Uh, I guess what other types of um, you know subtypes of migraine exist
0: so I think a few other really interesting ones is the migranous aura without headache so previously known as the acophallic migraine and sometimes called called a silent migraine Mm. and it's exactly what it sounds like it's when someone has an attack consisting of their version of a migraine aura but without any headache or head pain definitely had that one yep me too Uh, There's the vestibular migraine, which is also called migranous vertigo, and this affects vision and balance. Uh, It's common for vestibular migraine patients to not have a headache either during their uh, migraine attacks, and it can include a number of really debilitating symptoms affecting the ears, the vision, and balance, and it's actually the second most common cause of vertigo. Oh,
1: okay.
0: Hmm. Then there's uh, something called status migranosis, which is – An especially severe and long-lasting form of migraine attack. Uh, We also call it the intractable migraine because it just doesn't go away. Great. Um, Yeah. So, put simply, it's a migraine that just won't budge. Status migranosis attacks affect less than 1% of people with migraine. However, they're intense and they stick around for longer than 72 hours and treatment with a lot of the traditional migraine medicines that you may have heard of, things like triptans and even really strong painkillers, often won't cut
1: through a status migraine attack and these people will often find themselves in an emergency department. My God. I mean, a, a migraine that sticks around for longer than 72 hours is possibly my idea of health. No, yeah, me no too. not possibly. Actually, it is my idea mm, of hell. Yeah. And, and this
0: one, you know, these... The the status migranosis attacks very often have a really really strong headache component. Mm. So whilst you and I might still feel a bit groggy leading up to that seventy two hour mark if we've had a particularly nasty migraine, the status migranosis sufferers are often in just excruciating pain for more than three days. For that entire time, awful. Mm. And another fun one is the old uh, chronic migraine. So this is, again, a form of headache that occurs on 15 or more days in a month. What? For more than three months and has other migraines features on at least eight or more days in a month. So you can just imagine... How that absolutely fs up your entire life. How absolutely. difficult it would be to, you know, look after young kids. How difficult it would be to attend your workplace. Stay How difficult f- it would yeah, be a just to be on anything. To do yeah. anything if you had significant headache and migraine symptoms
1: for basically half the month. Half the month. Wow. Or more. And half of, at least half of those. Half the month's mm. days are filled with other features. Yeah, you know, the nausea, be, the, yeah. the photophobia, the sensitivity to light, oh, the gosh. phonophobia,
0: the sensitivity to sound, all of these all of these other features alongside a cracking headache for half your life.
1: Oh. I mean, you kind of touched on this uh, and we, you know, both have, you know, talking through our experiences, but what actually happens during a migraine? So, migraines
0: come in stages and they can last over a period of days. So the first phase is the uh, premonitory or prodrome, and uh, and these th- this can be subtle in certainly in my experience, I think this can be subtle. i'll I'll often notice it in retrospect. Yeah, um so these are the warning symptoms that a migraine attack has started. It can include things like mood swings, some food cravings, excessive yawning total brain fog, not sleeping well, needing to pee more often, feeling a bit queasy, generally feeling a bit sore and stiff, bit of neck pain perhaps. And you may start to find that you have more difficulty with things like speech and language issues. I mean, most of those could just be any shitty day of the week, though, really. I'm hungry. I'm tired. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of that will coincide with my PMS symptoms.
1: Yes. Yes. I mean, that's the thing. It's so funny when you mentioned the, the menstrual migraine. It's amazing how, you know, how many years you could have had a period for and still every month it's such a surprise where you're, like, yes. where you're like, why am I so angry and tired oh, just, and hungry and, oh, and, and weepy, <laughs> and then two days yeah. later, period.
0: Oh, oh, it all makes sense. <laughs> I mean, literally, how many times have I texted you that going, yeah, oh, what is wrong my with my period it? today? It all makes sense. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Not losing my mind. Well, I may be losing my mind, but I'm losing it every 28 days.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I'll still be surprised every time that happens. Yeah. Uh, so that's a prodrome. Prodrome. Uh, the first phase.
0: What happens in the second phase? So second phase, if you suffer with migranous aura, that, that's your aura. So we've really already kind of spoken about all of those potential symptoms of the aura. Mm-hmm. So that's that's your second phase. Um, third phase is your acute phase of your migraine. So also called the headache phase. So, you know, you may skip over the second phase and go straight to headache phase, yep. no aura, straight to headache. You might have your aura phase and not have a headache and skip over phase three. Okay. But during that headache phase, there's any combination of throbbing headache, again, sensitivity to light, smell, sound. You can expect to be a bit nauseous. Um, you may vomit. You may experience lightheadedness. This is also where you very well will get pain elsewhere in the body. So you might again, you might have a reasonably mild headache, but you'll have, you know, cracking abdominal pain, thigh pain, lower back pain, and just you know, you can't pinpoint what the hell is going on. Mm. That third stage is the part that typically lasts anywhere from about four to seventy-two hours. And of course, if it's lasting for more than 72 hours, that's when we would consider this to be an intractable
1: migraine. Oh God, there's poor, poor buggers. Mm. All right, then what happened? I mean, this is the fun part, I guess, is that um, if you're lucky enough that it's over and done within four hours. Yep. <laughs> I say lucky enough, it's real shit, four hours. Oh, uh, awful. <laughs> unfortunately, this, uh, this fourth phase um, uh, can, you know, can, can linger. Yeah, yeah.
0: The fourth phase can, you know, there can be highs and lows here. So this <laughs> is your resolution phase. And for most patients, migraine attacks will fade away. But in some, they can stop quite suddenly, which must just feel bizarre. Oh, Mine like, like always when, when
1: painkillers kick in, and you just yeah, go, "Ah, oh, okay, it's gone. The pain m- is gone."
0: My migraines always tend just to fade away until eventually I'm like, "Yeah, oh, it don't it's feel gone. Quite so terrible anymore." Yes, um, but yeah, for others it can stop quite suddenly, often with an urgent need to sleep. Mm. I think you have an urgent need to sleep most of the time at the moment, Um, fatigue. But some people even experience some euphoria or feeling just really, really bloody good.
1: Wow. I mean, I'm not surprised, especially if it's an intensely severe migraine. (laughs) Then if it's switched off, it's going to feel pretty good. Exactly. So I think, you know, if because
0: yours and my migraines tend to just sort of peter out eventually. Mm. I can imagine that if you're feeling 100% awful and then a light switch changes and you feel 100%
1: better, that would be quite euphoric. It would. It absolutely Mm. would. It's funny, like um, thinking back, I mean, it'd be, I don't want to knock on wood and jinx myself down. I'll get a that's my superstitious grandmother, Irish grandmother, <laughs> coming back to, to <laughs> haunt me. But um, I don't want to be superstitious. I don't want to be, you know, jinx myself. We're going to migraine now. But um, I can't remember the last time I had one. A few years ago now, probably, luckily. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm so sensitive to light. I just need to lock myself in a very dark room and try yes. and sleep it off, basically. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's it for me. It's it, that's a non-negotiable for yep. me. Yeah, yeah.
1: Get the lights off. Ah. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Close all of the blinds. Pair of sunglasses on my head in bed, or a, or a nice eye shield in bed. <laughs> it's the only way. <laughs> what happens next? Uh, then you know, yeah. Uh, fifth phase is your post-drome, also known as your migraine hangover, mm. and. This is, you know, on the on the heels of last week's episode about alcohol. Yep. It, your your migraine hangover can feel an awful lot like an alcohol hangover. Yep. and uh, and for some people, this is even worse than the headache stage. Um, they'll often feel quite depressed and uh, and significant fatigue, dizziness, confusion, nausea
1: sounds like a hangover. It does. Acts like a hangover, walks like a hangover. Yeah. It's a hangover. It's a migraine hangover. I mean, I guess- It's um, a migraine hangover. Yeah. Interesting with that feeling of depression, especially if it is a migraine that's more associated with a hormonal shift. Mm. Um, That's interesting um, that that could then, yeah, trigger those really low feeling. Again, you know- like when you've got your period and you you know yeah. you're, or you're about to get your period and you're super emotional and you're like what is like why can't I just get a handle on myself <laughs> and then, then ta da periods there two days later you go oh this makes sense now <laughs> and I think if you think
0: about those those five phases I mean that's another really solid answer to what's the difference between a headache and a migraine
1: yes absolutely uh, but, you know just take some just take some Panadol. you'll be fine you'll be take fine. A, take a nurofen get on with it. <laughs> Uh, the I, can, I think also what's really hard for migraine sufferers, um, if you don't have a throbbing headache associated with it, but you do have some of those really kind of weird and wacky symptoms, it can be so hard to diagnose. And also it can be so hard for people to take you seriously because if yeah. you just feel really weird and can't function and speak mm. properly. I was
0: going to say, if you, if you have word finding problems at that time and... and Christ, I've had them many a time during a migraine and, you know, I've had migraines that have come on at work and have had to, you know, working in emergency departments, you know, mid consult, mid examination, flashing lights, can't find your words. Can't see (laughs)
1: out
0: of half my eye. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky enough now to be, you know, a senior enough doctor that I've got a little bit more control over my time and my schedules. But when I was a junior doctor, you know, if you can't find your words, you're terrified of your boss. Mm. You're already on, you know, night shift, seven out of 12. Um, trying to explain to somebody what's going on becomes
1: near impossible, mm. literally, because you can't get your words. Oh. Um, but from the outside, again, it's one of those things because there's no obvious yeah you know it's not like a, a broken it's limb a, it's or a, a bit cut. Like back pain isn't it yeah is it really there you know and, and then if you you know compound that with then you're not being able to explain it properly it's like mm. whatever you just have you have you been drinking mm. um this is obviously a, a an exercise podcast we say that every week but you know. <laughs> tenuously, tenuously
0: linked <laughs> <okay>. exercise podcast.
1: <laughs> occasionally we talk about exercise stuff because you know we don't really like doing it but we know we have to. Uh, there's some interesting research about the link between exercise and migraines or I should clarify that by saying how exercise might help with migraines. Um, tell us about it.
0: Well certainly some Reasonably research – there you go, word finding – (laughs) some reasonably recent research uh, has suggested that moderate regular exercise can be an effective way to reduce the frequency of your migraine attacks. So even if it's not going to reduce the severity of them – reducing frequency is an absolute win if you can. If you can, There's been some randomized controlled trials that have demonstrated that a sufficiently rigorous aerobic exercise regime alone is sufficient to yield a statistically significant reduction in migraine frequency and intensity and duration. Yes, that's what you want if you can reduce them. <laughs> and that, you know, psychologically there's evidence that exercise improves our coping skills when it comes Ooh. to migraines, leading to what the researchers described as a reduce migraine burden. And again, personal anecdotal experience here, not so much about exercise per se, but about your ability to cope with yes. the migraine, because I've had them now for 20 odd years. And I feel much safer when a migraine comes on. because they, they used to really freaked me out Mm. i I could feel my anxiety levels i could feel my panic levels rising which makes it worse doesn't it so unpleasant Mm. a thing to experience but kind of the older i've gotten my ability just to in a way accept what is about to happen (laughs) accept that you're going
1: to be out of action accept that you're gonna feel like shit yeah Um, and also what you need you know turn those lights off yeah no no working just no working there is like
0: there it's it's cut and dry. There there's, is there's only, a protocol now. <laughs> there is only one <laughs> protocol. If you can reduce that that psychological burden of the migraine, then I think that that's a wonderful gift. Mm. And yeah, there is now evidence that exercise improves our coping strategies to deal with migraines when they hit.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've spoken about this before in the pod. Um, exercise helps us deal with stressful situations because you're putting your body under stress. Right. Uh, and so if you're doing that more often or, you know, as regularly as you can, you're um, teaching, you're training your body and your mind that you can deal with stressful situations. Um, you can do hard them. things. You can do hard things. And so I guess, yeah, a migraine is no different. It's a very stressful mm. situation when it pops up out of the blue, um, especially if you've got some of those concerning symptoms that really, you know, can freak you out. And then, yeah, as you say, if, if you've been good with your regular exercise particularly that um rigorous aerobic exercise which is interesting um yeah then then effectively you're training yourself to, to cope better when yeah. it happens theoretically theoretically mm. and and i
0: i often think that uh that migraines you know, migraines are a perfect storm situation so even obviously you know, menstrual menstrual changes and, and hormonal changes around the time of your cycle, and um, you know, sleep deprivation, um, you know, general life stresses. Let's add in some flashing lights and maybe you know, not enough caffeine or too much caffeine, a little dehydration or whatever your constellation of particular threats and stimuli Triggins. are. Yeah, yeah. It does tend to be. A a threshold mechanism, a a perfect storm. So rarely is it one single thing that will trigger a person's migraine. It would be lovely if it was because then you would just know I will avoid that thing forever and I'll Mm. never have a migraine again. But if we then think about the fact that if we can, you know, get a little bit better sleep, get some, you know, some more regular, you know, moderate aerobic exercise in, if these things are just increasing that threshold that we have to cross before we get a migraine, then it, again, it's you know, little by little, step by step. If there's just small things that we can do and exercise, I think is definitely one of them, then if we can help to prevent some migraines,
1: then giddy up. Absolutely. Especially because, yeah, we know that exercise helps sleep helps mm. with sleep. Yeah. So um you know I mean certainly even though I'm not getting a huge amount of it I do notice that on the days when I manage to get out with the pram and go for a walk even if it's literally just the 22 minimum yep. uh the if I'm then that night sleeping for say like a 2 or 3 hour block yep. that 2 or 3 hours is like a deep block yes, of sleep absolutely versus yeah. the some of the nights where yeah if i had if i haven't been able to be very physically active during the day um and mm. then that block of sleep is is a bit more um it doesn't feel as good and i don't feel as yeah uh, like i'm going in as deep and so um, a little yeah.
0: bit of exercise is making that fragmented sleep
1: that you are able to sneak yeah A little bit better. A little bit better. Mm. Uh, There is some caveats, though, with exercise and
0: migraines. (laughs) Yes. So, exercise is helpful in preventing migraine attacks for most migraine sufferers. But about a third of people living with migraine, exercise can also be a trigger. Ah. (laughs) I know. The best theory on why this is is perhaps due to a sudden increase in cardiac activity causing spasms in the the tiny blood vessels in the brain, which is thought is possibly one of the things that can start an attack. Um, So if you do live with exercise-induced migraine, you probably didn't have much difficulty in identifying this as a trigger because... Most times when you exercise, you'll notice you get a that you migraine. trigger a migraine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, though the reasoning is still unclear, it does seem that movement is part of that trigger. So exercises, you know, rotating your body quickly, turning your head very quickly, you know, bending over rapidly may aggravate your migraine symptoms. And an exercise-induced migraine is more likely to occur in people who are exercising in hot, humid weather or at high altitudes or if they're dehydrated.
1: Okay. Well, hot, humid weather is is uh, something that a lot of Australians have to deal with for yes. large parts of the year. Uh, high altitudes is probably more where you're at at the moment. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we don't have super high altitudes. Well, no, not living I'm, n- I'm not altitude. at high
0: altitude. I'm I'm at a thousand meters. I'm not. <laughs> that's not
1: high altitude. High altitude. <laughs> People listening in Nordic countries, like that's not high altitude. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, there, I mean, there are some tips though to help you to exercise without triggering an attack if you are prone. Um, some of these include avoiding high impact activity, especially HIT, which is a high intensity interval training. I mean, fine, sure, okay, tick. Doctor's orders can can do that. <laughs> can avoid that. Um, any or anything that needs a great or sudden burst of physical exertion. Again, totally happy with that. You know, I can definitely avoid those. <laughs> so that I don't trigger a, a migraine. I mean, I, I personally don't get migraines f- triggered by exercise, but um, that is interesting. I'm, I'm happy to lean into more chill exercise anyway. Uh, you can do long – doing long warm-ups and cool-downs um, smooths the cardiac activity, obviously helps with that transition in and then that transition out. Consider smoother sports. I like that, smooth sports. Smooth. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking of like um, like some like really greasy dude with a <laughs> – Punky <laughs> gold necklace. I was just, sports. I was just
0: thinking of the old, you know, tarpaulin with a bit of soapy suds on it. <laughs> whack the hose on.
1: Smooth, Smooth sports. <laughs> Yoga, swimming, obviously, yeah, water slide. Um, choose those over higher intensity sports like boxing or football and stay well hydrated. And if possible, cool. Exercising indoors in an air-conditioned environment may be best. So if you are one of these people, it might be better to look at exercising in a gym, hmm. even though we hate gyms.
0: I did get more migraines when I lived in Queensland. Well, that's
1: hmm. hot and humid weather. That's where it happens. Yeah. I mean, dehydrated I'm dehydrated a little bit too if, we, <laughs> if, if we want to look into things. I mean, that also might might be, you know, because of last week's episode uh, in terms of uh, the, the drinking that you might have been doing more at med school and also because clearly the headline from this episode is that med school causes migraines. Yes. <sighs> but if you're ever in need of an oval to go vomit on... <laughs>
0: I can. I can. Well, actually, I also had terrible food poisoning when I graduated from my undergraduate degree. So I've also vomited right through the uh, main quadrangle at Sydney University. So
1: <laughs> what is it? there's something I learn something new about you every day. Oh, I'm a serious <laughs> Sarah has vomited on many university oh. ovals, uh, not because of the reasons not because you would of, think.
0: Exactly. You went oh, to toga the,
1: parties. The dirty looks I got <laughs> at my graduation. It's
0: like <laughs> I had dodgy seafood. Oh. <laughs> Leave me alone. Oh, that's so good. <sighs> well,
1: look the, in positive news. If you're not one of those people that suffers from exercise-induced migraines, um, there's just another reason to add exercise or physical activity. Uh, to your giant to-do list, because it may, in fact, help you, you know, prevent some of those migraines from happening, or at least, in the in the very least, help you cope with them when when they do happen. Which I think is very positive. We're always after ways to convince ourselves to do more physical activity because we are lifelong exercise sloths. We've been we've been a lot better about that in the last couple of years, but you know fall off wagons all the time uh you know off track or whatever the hell they they say these days you know we go through periods of exercise and no no exercise even as two you know two sprightly women who (laughs)
0: sprightly (laughs) Sprightly women who started a long time since (laughs)
1: anyone's called me sprightly (laughs) Uh, maybe uh not sprightly is not the right word enthusiastic Enthusiastic mm. women who uh, decided yeah. to start a, start a podcast about exercising more, um, you know, even even as that, let's, you know, be brutally honest, you and I, you know, definitely go through periods where we don't. Um, you know, last think,
0: few last few uh, months for me has been quite a challenge. I think it's fair to say that one of the reasons we continue to make and record and publish this podcast is because mostly keep just just to keep our, <laughs> it's yes. mostly just to keep us on the straight and narrow.
1: Absolutely. Whether if it, it helps, helps anyone else, anyone else yeah. and like... You know, that's just big ups to us, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean I could sit and listen to you talk about medical stuff, you know, every day of the week to be honest. Uh but yeah. Migraines Book mm-hmm. a consult though. No <laughs> <laughs> I get it for free though. Just tell me. <laughs> Migraines. Migraines, uh maybe able to be prevented or at yes. least reduced the, i love that reduce the severity of them um, significant reduction in frequency intensity and duration from vigorous or rigorous aerobic exercise you podcast is produced by me gab burke and music is by hamish camilleri subscribe to our weekly newsletter at women like you i'm gab and i'm sarah and what are we going to talk about next week
0: uh, maybe we should talk about something a little bit more fun than alcohol and migraines let's uh let's talk about getting nude Ooh, getting your kit off
1: getting your kit off to exercise i mean that would be very challenging for you even though you don't live at a high altitude you still live no. at a higher altitude than me and it, it is, is very higher, chilly it is
0: higher altitude let me uh let me check the old temperature i'm recording in a beanie right at the moment. <laughs>
1: My, My, my smartwatch that uh, constantly congratulates me for standing up when I've done Hooray. absolutely nothing but sit down um, is currently telling me it's 16 degrees here.
0: All right, 7.5 but feels like 0. 0.1. Oh, she chilly. She oh, chilly. Get your kid off and uh, get your exercise <laughs> on. <laughs> this will be a fun one. It yes. Will. Well I'll see you uh, I'll see you with your bits
1: bits Should are we gonna record next week's episode in the nude? We should. We definitely <laughs> won't, but we should. No. Uh, we'll I'll, tell everyone we did. Absolutely. Uh we definitely won't do that. That's I just no. yeah, that would be awkward. <sighs> we'll talk about getting nude next week. Yes. Alright, I love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye bye.
0: Big name and